Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers. We are the three men we've here to talk to you about a wonderful slate of basketball, 70 plus games. It's huge. The biggest slate before we go on a little bit of a hiatus, pre-Christmas, pre-holidays. Jim and Matt are here. Matt looking great from his St. Louis abode. We are both now in the great state of Missouri. Jim still holding it down in Chicago. Let's get Jim's takeaways first from yesterday. What'd you see? What'd you like? I was going to fill in the blanks on takeaways that you guys missed. Ah. Unfortunately, I'm going first, so I've got Mm. a whole lot of them. Uh, Marquette-Providence was an awesome game. Mm. Really back and forth, Marquette came back from down eight in overtime. Rather impressive. Uh, Ended up losing in double OT, but it was a really fun game. Uh, Florida is yikes. Pitt is good. ACC home teams were solid. SEC stunk. I'm sure I stole takeaways from you guys, but I think all those are relevant. Matthew, what, what was your specific takeaway? Wake Forest, the ultimate whack-a-mole team. I'm, I'm really tired of them. Um, winning by 11 after backing them emphatically uh, and just the absolute collapse that was LSU. And then the Rutgers no-show, of course, they get back home and catch a flu-ridden Duke team. And the final point is the flu still stinks. The flu is quite frustrating. Ridiculous. It does. It's quite frustrating. Uh, Xavier had the flu yesterday, didn't cover. Uh, if you know a team has the flu prior to tip-off, boy, you have the nuts, as they say in college basketball betting or regular betting as well, I suppose. My takeaway, Georgetown, you punks. Yeah, you spoiled UConn's perfect ATS record and my best bet. Those are still pretty ice cold from yours truly. Luckily, Jim had a nice day yesterday for us. UConn, by the way, though, they've still won all 13 games by double digits. That's a pretty impressive streak they have going on right now. They played fine, uh, just didn't stop Georgetown enough. So I guess kudos to the Hoyas for keeping it within 20 or so. Anywho, uh, my, my last takeaway is SEC debacle. Ole Miss lost to North Alabama. Miss State lost to Drake. Texas A&M lost to Wofford. Florida lost to Oklahoma. That's not a good showing for the SEC. Yikes. The Tigers looking better by the day, Jim. Our Mizzou Tigers. Oh, yeah. Just rise up. The, just don't there. play and rise up the rankings. That's what we do. <laughs> Slide that in there. Okay. Let's get started with the slate here. Really good game starting us off. Michigan versus North Carolina in Charlotte. Matt, my first opinion, five seems high. My number says I should bet Michigan, but I didn't pull the trigger. I don't really trust this team. What do you think? I took the money line. Kyle, I was hoping to catch six. I did take uh, the money line equivalent price at five. I think it was like plus 180. Uh, pretty simple spot reason here. I think we've talked about big games where there's a revenge angle, plus the fact that there's a desire, a, a yearning to actually get a big win on a resume that lacks it. Michigan with the uh, matchup versus UNC. And just kind of their close but no cigar theme to this season. I, I think they get this one tonight. Um, it's in Charlotte. Um, so as semi-home as Ken Palm labels it, I, I think Hunter has a big-time game. Jim, I'm worried that fading UNC off of the mojo of last game could be a foolish move. But I don't know. You could argue UNC was lucky to win that game and cover that game, obviously, in overtime. So maybe they're not fully uh, back to normal. Maybe they still have some things that they're ironing out. Yeah, I think they're trending up and I I I'm worried there's a chance that they just like kind of assert themselves mostly because Michigan is not that good uh, right now unfortunately. Dickinson's fantastic. Jet Howard is outstanding and probably going to be a first round pick, uh just one and done type of guy. But their guard plays a little shaky still as much as I like Doug McDaniel, he is erratic uh, and that's that could be a problem. Maybe he and Caleb Love will trade some really questionable and and eyebrow raising plays here. 
my number did lean Michigan as well. I, I kind of nudged it up by giving UNC a little extra for home, maybe than I should have in Charlotte, but I think it'll be a pretty pro UNC crowd. Mm-hmm. They did this t- same group took care of a better. Yeah. I'd say a better Michigan team last year. So maybe they're complacent, but it is kind of a low number. Kai, I sat it out. I, I didn't end up getting in on this one. Yeah. This is Michigan's first major test without Llewellyn in the lineup. And I, I think Doug McDaniel's better, but the depth is certainly a question without Llewellyn uh, in the fold. This is they, They've missed him for two straight games. He didn't finish the Kentucky game. Michigan ended up covering. Very impressive by them. Um, I don't think Hunter Dickinson will be stopped, Matt, in this game. I think I <clears throat> agree with you on that point. Baycott is going to be hyper-motivated. He loves these type of challenges, but I think Hunter wins that battle. UNC guard plays the question as it always is, but 62.5% assist rate against Ohio State as a team, UNC. They're starting to share the ball a bit more. Caleb Love has seven assists. Amazing how good things happen in that scenario when he's just not just not jacking shots all day. Uh, Leaky Black on Jet Howard. That seems like a pretty good matchup for UNC. They have a perfect defender for uh, a player that's been fantastic this year. So my gut's kind of laying UNC here. Numbers Michigan. That's a stay away for me. Next game, another neutral contest. This one's in Salt Lake City. TCU versus Utah. Jim, I'm a TCU guy. Buy low on the frogs, sell high on the Utes. I'm all about it. What do you think? Yep, horny frogs for me. Uh, I was shocked that they aren't a favorite. I thought they would get that to a favorite at the very least, even if it didn't open there. Um, I know it's in Salt Lake City, so there's some semi-home there with both crowd and elevation. That could be an issue, but TCU is about as healthy as you're going to get. I think they're fully healthy. Um, Eddie Lampkin is officially in per John Rothstein, and they're 3-1 against the spread with Baw back. It allows Miles to play more off the ball. He's been much better as a scorer there. I think they can compete inside. Both teams will struggle to uh, to score inside. I think the interior defenses are really solid. Uh, but Utah's due for some regression on both their own three-point shooting and opponent three-point shooting, also their own mid-range shooting and opponent mid-range shooting. I, I think we start to see some of that today against TCU. And I just think TCU is better. I thought they were better since the preseason. I'll take them as a as a slight dog here. Uh, not quite a best bet, but pretty close for me. Uh, so, Matt, that's I, I would be all over the Horn Frogs today. Yeah, I do lean Horn Frogs too. I I don't really buy all of the Utah shooting regression. I think they've had some big leads in a lot of their games, so a lot of that shot quality stuff is baked in. I think garbage time shot selection when they have a big lead, and and vice versa. So I I don't know. I'm not discounting that entire narrative. I just think it's not as strong as it looks on paper, which, as Jim mentioned, is it's pretty strong. Um, and I just think, yeah, with Lampkin back and now that he's confirmed, that's so big, like against Carlson up front, you have to have someone who can, um, you know, neutralize the length that Utah or that Utah can throw at you up front. And uh, I think with Lampkin in there, they can, I worry about backing TCU. This is like a game too soon. Like I want to see them fully form for maybe a game or two before it's like the TCU takeoff that I think we're all expecting. Um, but I definitely lean their way. And you could be arguing that now it's the lowest point to buy low Kai, you know, as your initial onset. Yeah, that's basically my my handicap of it. I think TCU is undervalued right now. And Jim mentioned fully healthy. With Damian Bond lineup, they're 4-0. They're 3-1 and against the spread. They clearly needed him when he was out to start the year. Lampkin's back, as Jim said as well. And the Utah regression, I'm kind of buying into it. Fifth in the country in three-point percentage defense, 36th in free-throw percentage defense. But the one stat, this team, which is essentially the same as last year, is shooting 400 basis points, four percentage points, better than last season oh, from deep. Basis points. I love it. Basis points. 400 basis points, Jim. Better than last year from deep. That's probably due for some regression. They don't shoot a lot of threes, but man, they're hitting them at a lot higher rate this season. It's got to fall down. I like TCU a lot in this game. Go Horn Frogs. 
Yeah, Kai, uh, Virginia's down 7% from when we said they inevitably had to come down. There you we go. can say that about Utah, a team that we generally like, but they are also owed some regression, like you said. Indeed. Uh, just indeed. a quick request. I think, uh, yeah, I need Scotty Schaefer to uh, just a little definition for the chat mob on basis points. I, I have a feeling we have some people in there who don't know what basis points. 100 basis points, 1%. Very good. That's right. <laughs> and there you have it. Virginia and, excuse me, gosh, not Virginia, St. John's at Villanova, Big East battle here. This is what I say, Jim. Nova's game. 4-0 with Whitmore in the lineup. 2-2 two and two against the spread. Not as good. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm right. It's a, it's minus 5 now. The market has taken Villanova pretty high. Yeah, what scares me is that it's a team with questionable point guard play against St. John's. And that's always a little bit tough in the matchup sense. If they turn the ball over, that could be problems. We saw Pasha Alexander turn Colin Gillespie over even when he was a senior, fourth-year, super veteran guy. So the fact that Villanova's fifth in the country and turnover rate isn't like automatic, they won't turn it over against this pressure because St. John's is just kind of a different caliber. And Chris Archie Diacono and, and Mark Armstrong could be a little susceptible to it. That said, Matt, I am also buying that Villanova, different version with Cam Whitmore. He is like a lottery pick. He's played like it. Totally different gear for them. They weren't able to get away from St. Joe's, but that's a huge rivalry game. I would lean towards Villanova here. I liked it at a lower number. It's been bet up out of where I would play it. Uh, but I, I would definitely lean towards Nova. Uh, I saw somebody say there's nine straight unders. I cannot vouch for wow. that um, in, in this matchup. I, I believe that. Completely, yeah. I know Ugh. there was um, Villanova had one like maybe either last year or two years ago where they were up like 30 and it ended up like a two point game. It, it was ridiculous. But uh I guess under could be could be the angle here because Villanova slows them down. But Matt, I lean Villanova and, and I guess the under. Yeah, I definitely lean Villanova. I also lean the under. Um, I just think in an extreme pace war, Villanova always wins that tug of war, like especially this season. Like it seems like Neptune is even more adamant about play, playing out of the half court than they have been in priors under right. And it makes sense without like a point guard. Like you don't need to run up and down if you don't have a guy who you trust to, you know, ignite the break. Now, having Whitmore in there certainly helps, not like a pure point guard, but against the pressure that St. John's is going to throw, you're going to be a lot more at ease with him as one of the handlers back there as opposed to a ton of Archie Diacono being exposed. However, Kai, I think it's a sucker bet at five. I think you have to respect what St. John's has done this season. I don't think they're I think they're a little overrated. I don't think they're all the way overrated. Um, you look at that yeah. roster, like just take a second glance at it. Like there's some guys there that you just forget um are not the erratic. Uh, what's going to happen on this possession type of dudes like, you know, Montez Mathis and um, up front, they got some bodies. So I think it's actually a good roster. One I may have discounted upon second review. It's a good roster, but I, I still like Villanova here. It's St. John's second true road game. They didn't do well in their first one. Uh, they're one and zero in league play. St. John's a little fat and happy. It's a perfect chance for Villanova to kind of restart, re- restart their season, hit the reset button. Uh, they had high preseason expectations. They didn't live up to them. Injuries certainly played a factor, and now they have a chance to be fully healthy and kind of take the Big East uh, by storm here. Can they keep Posh, Curbella out of the paint? Can they keep Soriano and Jones off the glass? Those are good questions. I think they can handle the ball against St. John's. Uh, fifth best team in turnover rate. Say what you will about Archie Dinocchino, but he has been pretty good with not turning the ball over him and Caleb Daniels and even Mark Armstrong. Uh, and I like Villanova's switchability on defense. They can go 6-5 plus across the board. Uh, in most of their lineups. I think that helps a lot against St. John's. So I'm leaning towards Villanova at minus five. It got up a little bit too high for me to fully recommend officially. Next game here before we hit chat mob, it's Auburn at Washington. The Tigers continue their Pac-12, well, travel, Matthew. They just lost to USC. You had a nice winner on that game. Auburn's probably the most overrated team right now in the Kempom top 25. 
You could probably argue that. They've done nothing impressive right now. Matt, what do you think about this game? Man, I got bet down a little more. I I was trying to catch five. I missed that. And maybe thinking about four and I missed that. It's three and a half pretty much across the board. I, I think the market has this one sniffed out. It's just a tough spot with the West Coast travel for Auburn, um, especially with their guards a little bit banged up right now. Um, and I just saw Jalen Williams is supposed to play today. He had like kind of rocked in the head last game or something weird. I, I guess he'll be fine, but he's a huge player for them. I mean, he's been nails on both ends. Uh, it's just not as deep of a team as in years past. So like those injuries kind of matter. Uh, I think the fatigue of the schedule they play, the West Coast nature, just the spot to me feels really, really bad, especially against uh, the zone and kind of a tough wrinkle schematically, Jim. Um, Everything to me screams Washington, but the line is so low. It's Washington. Like, you know, this is the perfect game. Washington just lays an absolute stinker. It's like, ah, Washington, there you go again. Yep. I don't want to lose my money on Washington. I don't want to lose my money on road Auburn going to sit it out uh, matchup wise and, and spot wise i think it does trend towards washington auburn's 330th and three point percentage wendell green is is one of their better shooters he only managed 12 minutes at usc he's clearly banged up uh, they got a nice outing from trey donaldson the freshman guard but i don't know if he's going to be the consistent leader at, at point guard that they really need right now Kai, I just i can't i can't trust him enough to to back washington without kepnong I, I think they're too thin up front yeah there's a lot of different Things that have me has me basically staying away at the end in this game. Um, Auburn away from home, Jim, one and three against the spread. That includes neutral and true away games. Clearly not as good as they are at home. That was shown last year as well. <clears throat> Auburn hasn't seen a lot of zone this year. They've been pretty solid against the zone they have seen per synergy, but it hasn't been much. Small sample size. They should punish uh, Washington on the glass. It should make it pretty hard for them to score, but I don't trust them. And the line's too low, as Matt said, for me to back Washington. It's stay away from me. Let's get to chat mob part one. I think Jim's my czar here. Sure am. A lot of questions, which equates uh, or makes sense since there's a lot of games. Start with UC Santa Barbara and Appalachian State. Matthew, anything for you on this one? Santa Barbara hasn't quite been as good as maybe we hoped. Uh, This game's in Phoenix, by the way. Yeah, and then no uh, Gregory last game for App State, who is arguably their best player. One of their best players. uh, I have no idea uh, what his status is today, so I stayed away for that. Santa Barbara, I think, is I know, they're better than they've played. Uh, just been some tough schedule spots, but I think App State's been really good too. And Dustin Kearns is a coach I respect. Not looking to fade him, so yeah, stay away from me. Yeah, this one was this one was tough to figure out. Uh, Kai Leg Show's lock of the day is UTEP. They're hosting <laughs> NC and I actually agree. I like this UTEP team. I I, that, I think that DePaul performance was an outlier, and NC and T has been out west. They were in Vegas. Now they go down to El Paso. Kind of a weird like before Christmas. Let's just get home kind of game. That would be my sense of it. What do you think? Pop quiz. Who is the luckiest team in Kempom right now? NCANT. It's UTEP. It's UTEP, oh. yeah. In fact, it is UTEP, and that surprised me. Uh, per Ken. Last year against the spread being the luckiest team in America. Shouldn't really move the needle either way. Just wanted to point it out. I have no feel in this game, Jim. UTEP no, is so bad at free throw shooting. So bad at free throw shooting. So yeah, they've, they've won by 12 in overtime, by three, by one, by five. <laughs> Maybe take first half. That's my suggestion. Maybe take first half. Although second yeah, half is true. when NCA and T could, could crack given their schedule. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Next. That's tough to figure. Matt, uh, a couple people asked about Ohio and Delaware. Uh, we backed Ohio a little bit recently. They got smacked by Florida, but then they had a big home performance. Delaware coming off that buzzer-beating win at Ryder. What do you think? 
Yep. Uh, Ohio is for lovers and it's also for betters, including myself today. I am on Ohio again. I think Delaware coming off two absolute wars is going to finally catch up to him today. And this Ohio team is really good. Um, Just a tough spot going down to Florida. I foolishly backed him last game. I tossed out that result. I think they get it done today on the road. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, Lake Show also mentioned the Iowa over. He likes that. I'm just going to reveal one of my best bets because people might have already seen it on Action Network. Uh, Iowa, minus 31 and a half. I think they blow out Eastern Illinois. I'm continuing to ride the Fran McCaffrey trend of just dominant as a big home favorite. 46 and 14 against the spread. And Kai, if you shorten that to the last four years, 15 and 0. 15 and 0 against the spread as a big November, December home favorite. He just smashes teams. And they've already done it once without Chris Murray, so I'm not worried about that. We'll probably lean towards over, but really it's more about Iowa there for me. Kai, another question for you. Samford and Belmont, these teams I think have played two straight years gone back and forth with the matchup and the victor, obviously injury questions here. What's your sense of this one? I took Belmont at minus three, but guess what? It is minus five right now. Hey, closing line value for Kai. Hooray, hurrah, Mizzou, Mizzou. Uh, Yeah, Sanford without Case Glover in the lineup has been um, not nearly as good this season. Now, Sanford, among the unluckiest teams in the country, if you want to go the other way with that metric I said earlier. Uh, I like Belmont here, though, still. Uh, They're a really tough team to play on the road. Home teams, I think, are going to do very well here around Christmas time. Yeah, I kind of like the under as well without Glover. I think he's a, mm-hmm. a big part of that. Matt, our green wave, Ronnie Hunter in the green wave. Mississippi Valley State is on the road there. This is in state, so maybe oh, I guess not quite in state. But uh, do, do you think the Delta Devs, your Delta Devs, no, no pennant in the background this time, do you think they can hang around against Tulane? I kind of think so. A little bit discouraged by Tulane's game against George Mason. Uh, but kind of thought they would take off there and make a statement. Maybe they're still um, in their beta formation of maturity with a lot of guys in and out of the lineup, mainly Jalen Cook to start the year. And I think the zone, maybe the sleepy spot of the schedule makes this a slight, kind of like the Alabama-Jackson State game yesterday, where it was like Alabama clearly just didn't have it, right? And Jackson State kind of hung around by default. Maybe the Delta Devils do this. That was lucky last year, UNC Wilmington. They are headed to Campbell. I'd like to give away that I like the under a lot. Um, do, what do you like here? Uh, I got nothing on the side. I, I guess I lean towards Campbell at plus three. I know the chat's not going to like that. I've seen a lot of Wilmington guys in there. Not going to go against Wilmington. They've been a juggernaut against the spread. Did win against the spread against them actually last game with high point, but it was lucky. Um, yep. yeah, tough team to fade right now. Campbell's still a little bit hurt as well. Carolero hasn't played in a while. I think Dunn came back, but still a team you need to kind of check the lineup on. Yep, very important. Carolero is kind of like the they play a lot of Princeton stuff, and he's one of the passers. Him and Lusane uh, do a lot of that. All right, Matt, one more before we go back to the outline. And I'm going to give a quick plea to the chat mob to, especially on big slates like today or a Saturday in the future, if you can give your question in the form of road team home team road team then home team or, or really the the order that it comes on the betting board rotation that's super helpful and if you give both teams also super helpful 
it's hard to remember all 100 games and who plays who. So that is just a humble request. You don't have to do it, but wow. if you can, that'd be great. And, and, and for that, hey, when I'm czar, well. when I'm czar, you can be as informal as you want. I will un, <laughs> I will unpack all cryptic messages, baby. So Matt will unpack it, but also skip over like seven different requests. Yeah, so I might miss fine. your question. Sure. I don't have, this might be a crap question. I'm not going to take it, but no rules, no enforcement. <laughs> question. All right, Matt, before you or before we go back to the outline, you get Bucknell at Richmond from the J-Man. Um, Bucknell was without Andre screen last game. He's supposed to play, uh, good research by me, um, on the official school website props to Bucknell that helps because Richmond has eviscerated teams the last couple of games with their inside out action. Matt Grace back helps a lot. Um, I was going to take Richmond here, but screen back, maybe stay away. Um, and Jack Forrest debuted. I think he's going to matter. Oh yeah. The St. Joe's guy. Yeah. Um, and Richmond got eviscerated themselves by Clemson. So they haven't been all roses and sunshine recently. Uh, but all right, Kai, we'll go back to you, back to the outline here. I'll continue collecting questions. Let's go to USC versus Colorado State. Another neutral contest here. Phoenix is the location. My question is, which Colorado State do we get tonight? Matthew, the team that lost Northern Colorado and then Colorado by 30? Or the team that just beat St. Mary's on the road? What say you? Um, well, I have no idea which version shows up. Um I just feel like they're still a little bit banged up. Colorado State, I mean, I know they've they've gotten they've gotten healthier, but the, their inconsistency is tied to the fact that they're not a fully formed unit. Like you've seen the same thing with Wyoming, right? Two teams that are very analytically based, they're very well coached, but they've been wildly inconsistent, uh, especially the last few weeks. Um kind of also think that USC's zone different um defenses could not thwart Colorado State, but at least disrupt their offensive rhythm. The key thing, though, Jim, is will Colorado State guard, right? That's their biggest question mark, right? Like when they get blown out, it's because they don't play defense. Um, and when they compete and when they win, it's because they have a favorable matchup or they just happen to defend that night. It's hard for them to play defense because they don't have a lot of size inside. Uh, that That's a rather large issue for them. Uh, they were able to compete with St. Mary's in a super slow game. I, I was actually relatively impressed there. But I also have nightmares of that Colorado performance where they just got wiped off the floor from basically the opening tip. And, and it, the second half was just a celebration of Deion Sanders the entire time. So, Kai, I don't I don't really have anything on this one. Uh, it is neutral in Phoenix. I, I wish it was at Colorado State. So they've had the ele- they would have the elevation edge. I do agree. I think Pat mentioned it. Nico Medved versus Andy Enfield is almost worth a bet itself. Yep, exactly. That's what I wrote down. We know which way to go here, infield versus Medved, but the line's about right. I stayed away. It's not a good matchup size-wise for Colorado State. USC definitely has that advantage, but it's a typical USC team. It's a gaudy record, weak analytics, same old, same old. So I'm, I'm staying away here until I figure out what Colorado State really is. Next one here, staying on the West Coast, it's Arizona State at San Francisco. Jim, ASU is scorching right now. They've won nine straight. They're eight and one against the spread in that stretch. It's a very scary fade here. Who do you like? Yeah, I, my number liked San Francisco, and I took it small, and I don't feel good about it. Um, like Matthew, I just faded Arizona State with a shorthanded San Diego, and we never had a chance in that one, unfortunately. And I'm concerned that could happen here, but I also think this San Francisco team's talented enough to get up, should bounce back from their really disheartening loss to Arlington. That was that was rather dismal, and hopefully they, they're looking to get a better taste in their mouths before Christmas here. But now, I feel like they are above their heads right now a little bit, but there is some solid talent level, and uh, maybe San Francisco's not quite what they were last year. I think Arizona State's defense is very real. I think their offense is a little bit inflated. Um, like, I watched more Washington, and I remember watching a little bit for Nevada. Like, he's way better this year. I guess he was always banged up, but 
like he's like kind of a nimbly seven footer that like is a real rim protector and completely changes that defensive outlook. This is an ugly game. I kind of like the under. I don't, I guess the pace is what's driving the over money here. It's been better to 142. This feels like two teams that have pretty strong um, front lines. I don't think San Francisco's front lines is as good as it was last year, obviously, but it's still going to be, I think, a game that's going to be a little bit slower paced, should be competitive. I worry about the revenge angle, Kai, from Arizona State getting beat last year uh, on a back to back by the Dons. But I think the Dons also thwart that because they just lost to UT Arlington at home, like convincingly. So it's probably a good spot to, good spot to back the Dons, excuse me. I think it's a good spot too. They're not a pushover. Their guard play, I think, gives them a chance to win this game. They can shoot, make plays. Uh, Arizona's defense, Arizona State's defense does scare me, but it's really stout inside. And that's basically what the Dons don't like to exploit as much as the perimeter. So this one's actually getting bet down as we speak. Down to plus three. I'd probably be cautious at that price. I'd like to better at plus four. Next game, Clemson at Georgia Tech, ACC battle. Fun fact here, Matt. Clemson hasn't won at Georgia Tech since 2019. Josh Pastner has been excellent against the spread at home. Do you take the home dog here against a vulnerable, maybe Clemson squad, or are you rolling with the Tigers? Too many injury question marks for Georgia Tech. And when I say too many, I guess it's really just two. Um, I'm blanking on the names right now. I'm sorry. They're all shuffling. Javon Franklin and uh, Davion Smith, one of which are both. Smith came back. Smith came back, and Franklin's still, I think, doubtful for this game, TBD. Um, Yeah, it's not a deep team. I'd like to have all my guys in. For Georgia Tech, like I don't love this roster as is. So, like, if I'm missing pieces from an already thin roster, doesn't give me a lot of confidence. But yeah, I do think Georgia Tech's a little bit uh, undervalued, Jim. But um, I, I think with the way they play under Pastor, like they've kind of actualized that identity of we're going to muck it up and be kind of smoke and mirrorsy and surprise you and sneak up on you. And I think that will play well in good spots. This would be one of them, uh, but I'm, I didn't take it. Yeah, I, I bet the under for a little bit here. Uh, I think the personnel absences could help that. Uh, I think Georgia Tech style, the zone where they really force you to slow down and figure out what they're playing uh, are conducive to that. And and I looked at some of the Bet Labs data. I was I was curious if there were like venues that uh, were conducive to unders and McCamish Pavilion has been a huge, huge under spot. And obviously some of that is Georgia Tech and the way they play. But uh, I think that plays into why I, I kind of like the under here. That was that was my lean. I had nothing on the side. Uh, I I just Georgia Tech. I'm still trying to figure out right now, Kai. I mean Clemson, holy pendulum swings lately. Like the demolition, but then got to demol- yeah. So who knows? Yeah. All right. Best bets for Wednesday's version of the Field of 68 Best Bet Show with us, three man weave. Here we go. I'm starting us off. I got Northern Iowa minus two. It's an awful travel spot for the Bonnies. They just played at CN on Monday. This game was supposed to be on Thursday. It got moved up due to weather in the Midwest. They had to fly early to Iowa. They're short on prep time. Not good. Also, this UNI team is figuring things out. Team chemistry is very high right now. Just took down Towson. I like the vibes. Purple Panthers minus two to Jim. Yeah, Kai, the Bonnies have been worn out too. I think their their fan base knows it. Their coach knows the team knows that this is a tough, real, real tough spot for them. Uh, to reiterate from earlier in the show, if you were watching the stream, Iowa minus 31 and a half is one of my best bets. Fran McCaffrey has been phenomenal as a big home favorite in November and December. I think that continues rolling today, even without Chris Murray. I'm okay with that against a bad Eastern Illinois team. And then, of course, I've got to give you an under. I would, I would be remiss if I didn't give an under today. St. Mary's in Wyoming, under 125. Uh, St. Mary's has played here before, so maybe that gives them some familiarity in Phoenix, but it is a professional arena. I think that hurts the shooting backdrop, and both teams are really, really slow. This is going to be a grind in the half court. 
Uh, Wyoming just scored 49 points in an NBA arena against Dayton. I think St. Mary's is as good or better defensively as Dayton, probably better. And Randy Bennett's going to have a great plan ready for a team that's missing its best player uh, in Graham E.K. So under 125 there, I think it's a half-court slog. Matthew, your best bet. Taking the Mercer Bears playing Troy on the road. They're catching five and a half. Man, Troy, Scott Cross, he has a case, in my opinion, to be one of the top coaches in college basketball. Like the how good this team has been despite the head-scratching talent that exists in that roster is um, uber impressive. But I think Mercer gets them today, and they just went ape against Moorhead, and I think they carry that momentum into the Christmas break here. Only a three-hour drive, Kai, from uh, Macon to Troy, Alabama. Fun facts about geography. I I love that geography lesson. Always got the Google Maps tab open on that third monitor, Jim. You have to in this business. All that adds up to a Mercer cover and I think outright win. Well, Moneyline Sprinkle, if you have the appetite. I love it. Apologies again, guys, for our technical difficulties today on our show. We are back tomorrow for one more show this week before we hit our break. Till then, good luck with your bets. Enjoy Wednesday's college basketball slate. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.